You are listening to the Mindful Minute, meditations created for everyday joy. I'm Meryl Arnett, mama, meditator, and co-owner of Sacred Chill West. This podcast is recorded from my live Monday night meditation class, where we have a brief discussion followed by a 20-minute guided meditation. All right. Well, again, happy, happy Monday. I'm glad to see all your smiling faces. It's always so nice to get to connect in this way. Um, We are in the second week of our Responding Creatively to Fear series. And last week, the series started with a discussion around really just identifying what it is that we do when we're feeling fear. And the fear that I'm you know, sort of specifically talking about in this series is that feeling of discomfort or freak out when things are so clearly not in our control. When we feel that sense of chaos or that unknown of the future and it starts to get us all anxious and we do the crazy things that we do, right? And it's really pronounced now in this pandemic, but it's a fear that exists all the time, right? It catches us in all of these moments, like even something as seemingly slight as, you know, getting a slightly grumpy email from your boss can send you down that pathway of like, oh my God. But what if I lost this job? Or what if I quit? What would I do? Right. And we start like imagining all the scenarios, and either a low level or a high level freak out ensues based on the level of fear you feel. So last week we talked about all right, we're going to start to identify some of the coping mechanisms. Like, what do we do when we feel like we can't handle what's going on? And today we're going to talk about doing something differently which I get to say so simply, like, it's just that easy. We're just going to totally respond differently now, y'all. It'll be fine. (laughs) Um, No, it will not be that easy. But yes, it will be fine. And we can actually respond differently. So this is what we're going to talk about tonight is how do we do that? How do we start to change our response to fear? And the answer is really simply, we just got to do something differently. Like, anything that will start to interrupt the thought pattern. Because our thoughts really quickly become, um, the metaphor that I hear most often used is like a dirt road, right? In our brain, it's an actual dirt road. My mother says this, I respond this way. That happens so many times between the ages of one and 12 that it is so well-worn, so grooved and rutted that now instead of taking two minutes to go a mile, it takes me two seconds to go that mile. Stimulus response becomes almost simultaneous. And then add another 20, 30, 40 years to that same well-worn path. And you've got a pretty deep groove going on from stimulus to response. And so it's not that easy to sit suddenly jerk your car out of these ruts it's been in for years and years and years and create this new path. So we have to do something almost abrupt, right? The thing happens, you respond the way you always respond. And as we build our habit of staying curious, of staying awake, we get better at catching ourselves in the moment going, huh? Here I am doing that thing that I always do. And it gives us the moment to be like, oh my God, go stand outside. 
Go turn on music really loud. Do five jumping jacks. Take a deep breath. Do something to interrupt the path, to make yourself pause. You know, um, Octavia, my business partner, if you're listening to the podcast, she often says, if somebody asks you how you are and you respond tired five days in a row, you should really pay attention to that, right? And I think the same is true with any of our responses. When you catch yourself doing the exact same thing every single time something specific happens, we should pay attention to it. So a really light example of that is, um, you know, if you listen to this podcast or meditate with me, you've likely heard me say one of my personal little neuroses is I get very stressed out about being late for things. And I'm better about it now, you know, with decades of meditation experience, I'm slightly better in the car because I understand that sometimes traffic happens and I'm going to be late. But what I've noticed is I'm not that much better when it comes to leaving the house with two kids and it's impossible to leave on time. And I was noticing, this is so interesting, every time I'm trying to get out the door and I feel like I'm running a little late, my kids are terrible. They're like melting down and having these disasters. And I was like, why is this happening? Only when we're late. If we're not late, that's not happening. But if we're late, they're having meltdowns. And it took me a minute to realize it was definitely not them, but it was likely me going, we're going to be late. Hurry up. Get your shoes on faster. Did you get your shoes on? Hurry up. Hurry up. We got to go. We got to go. And I'm getting them all riled up. They're melting down. I'm getting more riled up, right? You could see that this was happening. And all it took was the ability to stay awake long enough and go, oh, look what I'm doing. This is making it so much worse, right? And so I'll give you another example. This weekend, in the same sort of way, I noticed I I caught myself mid-response to something that happens like almost on a daily basis in our household. And I always respond in a way that feels frustrated and upset and annoyed with the way things are going. And I caught the moment and I thought, I got to do something different. And so this was middle of the day on Sunday, like, I don't know, 12, one-ish. I was like, I got to go take a bath. I'm out. (laughs) I go upstairs and I climbed in my bathtub and I took a bath in the middle of the day, which is totally abnormal for me. But I just knew I had to interrupt what was happening because I was seeing that it was a continual habitual response and not one that was helping me at all. It wasn't making me feel better. It wasn't helping the moment. It was making me feel worse. So I go take the bath and I let myself feel all the feelings and I let myself think all the thoughts, you know, even the thought, you know how you sometimes you have thoughts you like try not to think about. I had all those thoughts too. And then this is what happened next. All of those thoughts and all of those feelings were things I didn't want. I don't want to feel this. I don't want to think this. I don't want this thing to happen anymore. And so I climbed out of the bathtub. And instead of making a list of all the things I didn't want anymore, I made a list of all the things I did want. And it felt really scary Because a lot of those things felt like pie in the sky. 
a lot of those things were very clearly completely out of my control. A lot of those things, I didn't even actually know what it looked like or if it was a possibility. It felt like pure fantasy. But somewhere along the way, in this list of things, there were a few things that were like really small and very clearly doable. So I'm like looking at this. I'm like, okay, this is so interesting. And, you know, Gloria Steinman once said, dreaming after all is a form of planning. And I caught it in there, right? In this list of making the shift from I don't want, I don't like to imagining what I could want, what would be the best possible version of this scenario. Even if my brain is screaming, that's not going to happen. That's not real life. Even with that chatter going on, I was like, no, no, let me just go here. What if? And it as this was happening, it pulled me to a chapter I had really recently read. I don't know if some of y'all have picked up Glennon Doyle's new book, Untamed. If you haven't, I recommend it. It's really good. And she has this whole chapter on imagination. I just want to read you this paragraph that she wrote. We are all bilingual. We speak the language of indoctrination, but our native tongue is the language of imagination. When we use the language of indoctrination with its should and shouldn't, right and wrong, good and bad, we're activating our minds. And that's not what we're going for because our minds are polluted by our training. In order to get beyond our training, we need to activate our imaginations. Our minds are excuse makers. Our imaginations are storytellers. So instead of asking ourselves what's right or wrong, we must ask ourselves what is true and beautiful. And so when we think about how are we going to shift our response to fear, how instead are we going to respond creatively, I think a piece of this has to be we have to use our imaginations Because the truth of the matter is, none of us know a different way, right? Those coping mechanisms, we formed those early. It's not like we waited until we were 50 to come up with a coping mechanism. The the threads of that coping started so young. That is how we understand how to respond to things that feel out of control. And so our brain doesn't actually believe there's another way. But there is, right? Remember the mantra, real and not true? It's real that your brain does not believe there's another way. It is real that you likely can't even fathom another way. And it's possible that it's not true. It's possible that there are other ways, even if we can't see them in this moment. And the way that we can know that's true is because we can feel it. Right? Why would we dream something that could never, ever, ever have some thread of real realism to it? There has to be something in there, even the smallest, minutest thing that we could say, all right, I'm going to pay attention to that. 
I'm going to pick this one thing to pay attention to so that when I feel myself pulled into that habitual response, rather I can say, no, I'm choosing this new thing, right? I made my list. I circled the thing I'm paying attention to. And now I have that as like this new anchor point. Am I going to remember every time? I don't know. But am I going to try? Yes. Right? Because I'm not interested in living out the same pattern for the rest of my life. And, I, you know, y'all are here, so I don't think you are either. We're interested in doing something a little bit different. And we can't do something different that we read in a book. Or that even possibly we come up with conceptually in our brains. But we can do something different that f- with what we feel with what we feel to be true and beautiful. So we're going to practice. And our practice, you know, this is really the foreground of interrupting those thought patterns. And we get to do it in a really, really safe way because we get to do it with the most boring, mundane thoughts that rise up when we meditate. Right? And so the way this works is, you know, we sit down, we meditate, we get comfortable, We feel our breath, and I say, now we're going to have a few minutes of silence. And into that silence, for some manner of seconds, likely we continue to feel our breath. And then quickly we get pulled into our thoughts. And every single time we go, oh, I'm thinking, I got to feel, I forgot my breath. I got to go back. I got to feel my breath. Every time we do that, We just interrupted a thought, right? Because the normal pattern, you know, you're like, as soon as this call is done, I'm going to do the dishes and I got to take the trash out and then I'm getting in bed. I can't wait to go to bed early tonight, right? We go down this whole path of thought. And our work is to go, as soon as this call is done, I'm going to, oh no, feel the breath. And you might have to do that 800 times, but that's 800 times you just practice interrupting a thought pattern. And we're building that muscle so now we're not meditating. We're in the midst of cooking dinner and our kids are screaming and the phone is ringing and we just realized we forgot to send that report we were supposed to send and you feel all of that starting to rise up and you go, breath, what am I doing differently? What did I decide I want rather than don't want? Yeah? So let's start that practice. Take a minute to find a seat. I know most of you are already seated, but that might mean you want to shift around a little bit. Get support for your back, perhaps, or uncross your legs, letting your feet rest onto the earth. And we'll sit with our hands, palms face down, and they can be on the lap, on the arms of the chair, whatever feels comfortable for you. And if it feels right, you can let your eyes close. If that doesn't feel quite safe today, you can always just take a soft gaze down towards the ground. And together as a group here, let's take a nice big inhale in and exhale out a sigh. And we'll do that again, just inhaling deeply and fully. Exhale out a sigh. And allowing your breath just to fall to its own natural pace. 
and taking a moment just to savor the way it feels as you land into your Monday evening meditation practice. You made it here. And you get to sit. So really, truly sit. Don't worry about the noise around you. Don't worry about the distractions. Just feel your hips and your thighs let go. Feel a subtle sense of lengthening up through the spine. And maybe you can relax your shoulders back and down. Lightly lift the crown of your head. And as breath moves, you can let the muscles in the face relax. Feeling your forehead smooth out and broaden. Feeling the skin around the eyes soften. And feeling a sense of space move out through your jaw, through your lips, and through your tongue. notice as you sit here that you can just relax some of the muscles through the throat and alongside the neck maybe you can feel a few breaths move out across your shoulders Allowing the collarbones to spread. And the shoulder blades to move back and down. And you take time to feel the chest rising and falling as you breathe. Perhaps just noticing the sensations inside the chest today. could feel that breath as it moves down into the belly and you're just relaxing the muscles in the belly.
taking the time to soften and breathe through the belly. And we find ourselves seated here. The back of our body holding us upright and awake. And the front of our body soft, open and curious. And it's here that we'll turn our awareness to the breath. So you'll just guide your awareness just inside the nose. So that as you breathe in, you're feeling that air move into the body. And as you breathe out, you're feeling that air move out of the body. Feeling this breath, not with words, not with narration, but with actual sensations. Staying fully and deeply present. to each unique breath. And as promised, we'll move into a period of silence here, about 10 minutes. And in this period of silence, We'll each just gently do our best to keep feeling the breath. And when thoughts and distractions inevitably arise, we get to enjoy them. Because we know each one is a training ground for moving forward in a wiser way. So when you catch yourself mid-daydream or mid-list making, just smile because you noticed. Come back, feel the next breath. Letting yourself think interrupt and return to the breath as many times as you need to.
catching the thought that you're in right now. Guiding your breath to deepen. You just gently notice your experience here. And you might find you can lift and straighten your spine a touch or press the shoulders back. And you can wiggle into your fingers and your toes, just signaling the end of that practice. When you feel ready, we'll draw our palms together in front of the heart like a prayer, bowing the chin down, and simply taking a moment to honor the work that you've just done, building that little muscle to interrupt the habitual thoughts, the habitual reactions, and creating the room to respond creatively. Let's take a deep breath together, inhaling in, exhaling out a sigh. Namaste. Thanks for listening to the Mindful Minute. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you would take time to leave a review or share this with somebody you think would enjoy it. To learn more about my in-person and virtual offerings, visit MerylArnett.com or check me out on Instagram at MerylArnett. Thanks, y'all. See you next week.